the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How many of you, when you became a Christian, you've lost some friends, but God replaced them with some other people? It's all part of the pruning process. God takes control not only of our relationship, but also our affections, the things that we love. Okay? Can I tell you this? I used to love eating a lot. I still do. But now there's that control issue. God that God puts in our hearts. That, that, that mechanism. It's all part of the work of the Holy Spirit. The control mechanism. Our desires are now being conformed to what God desires. And thirdly, authority. The transfer of rule. What rules you in life? What do you regard as power in your life? And what do I regard as power in my life? God takes control. God becomes the authority of our life. He becomes the ruler of our lives. So he takes those three things and he refines our lives by taking control of those three things. And how do we know uh, what stage in the Christian life uh, uh, does God do this? Immediately after he takes hold of our hearts. Okay? Why does God want to exert control in our life? Do you ever ask that question? Why is God such a controlling person. He has the right to be controlling because, oh, he's God, okay? But why does he do it? He does it to honor his own name. I'm going to say it again. God is interested in honoring his name. How does he honor his name? From pagans? From people who don't believe? No. He honors his name through you and I, to those whom he called to be followers of Jesus, okay? So he does that. He, he, he does it for his own sake. Uh, this is a moment in life when we realize that God has to be honored in my life. I need to hear the word because the word of Christ produces one thing that pleases God. And what does please God? Faith in him. It pleases him because when we have faith, we can honor the name of the Lord. We don't embarrass him, Amen. Once you're growing as a Christian, once I'm growing as a Christian, once we begin the pruning process, once the process of being regenerated and being refined takes place, what you'll notice is that you're honoring the name of the Lord more and more. Okay? Uh, you, you begin to swear less using the name of Jesus. How's that for an example? Okay? The elements of refinement, refinement are this. Okay, this is how you know you're, you're getting there. This is how I know that I'm being refined so that I can give honor to the name of the Lord. Number one, there's brokenness. Okay, begins with brokenness. Every single person that came to faith in Christ has to be broken in the inside. We have to have a deep sense of need for God. Okay, that's the first thing that happens when we are being refined. By the word of Christ. There's a need. You All of a sudden you realize that you needed God more than ever. Secondly, once we realize that we're broken, 
our belief system begins to take shape. Okay? We begin to really truly believe. Okay? The doubt seems to fade. Brokenness leads to belief and trust in God's power. Belief then leads to boldness. That belief produces the strength and boldness we need to face the truth about us and to make the changes we need to make in our lives for the glory of God. So this is a process. So it begins with brokenness, moves to belief, and then it moves to boldness. And once there's boldness, there will be a change of behavior. When changes in the heart occurs, behavior and attitude follows. The, that heart that used to be angry becomes a forgiving heart. That heart that used to be envious now becomes very generous. So God takes a hold of our lives. He takes control of that old life. And the new life now is being controlled by Him. The old self deserved judgment, but the new life received mercy instead. For what purpose? In order for God to be able to glorify His name and for us not to shame His name. When God refines us, it is in honor of His name and not ours. That's why Jesus says, if you abide in me, you will bear more fruit. Again, the fruit here is the testimony of God's abiding character in our life. His glory will now be the preoccupation of our life. When we live in the gap, we know that living in the gap involves glorifying the name of the Lord on a day-to-day basis because it mirrors the relationship of Jesus with His Father. Okay, while he was here on earth. The goal of living in the gap is to bear the fruit of God's glory in our life. I love this in Isaiah 48, 9 to 11. The word of God says, For the sake of my name, God says, I delay my wrath. And for my praise, I restrain it for you. In order not to cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. For my own sake, I will act. For, not, for how can my name be profaned? And my glory, I will not give to another. God is interested in honoring and glorifying His name. A heart reformed, a hearing refined, and thirdly, the fruit of Christ's abiding presence is a humble righteousness. We can now respond to righteousness. Let me say it again. We can now respond to righteousness. Look at verses 5 and 6. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Now, our righteousness is both imputed or imparted on us, and we are put in a position to be right with God. That happens at the new birth. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, positionally, God places you from death to life, from darkness to light. That's called being placed in a position of righteousness. You are already righteous because of your faith in Jesus. Then what happens after that? Once we have been positionally placed as righteous people, it will be our responsibility to respond 
to that righteousness. So there's a part that we have to play. Positionally, I've been made righteous. But now I'm responsible for living out that righteousness. Okay? I can give you money in the bank and says this money is yours already, but I still got to go to the bank and withdraw it. I still got to go and use that money. Okay? Fruits of righteousness. That's what mutual abiding in Christ accomplishes. Much fruit. The fruit of righteousness. Look at it this way. Righteousness is like a tree planted on fertile ground. And that tree under the right conditions will bear good fruit. And the same is true with our righteousness. We have been positioned for it, but now we have the responsibility to bear the fruit consistent with that reformed heart and refined hearing. It is now about being used by God for His purpose. Righteousness is important because that's the power behind our service to the Lord. That's behind our worship to God. God says, I will be worshipped by righteous people. Okay? God will be honored not just by anybody. God will be honored by righteous people. And guess what? He makes sure that not only that His name is honored, He makes sure that we exercise that responsibility by helping us. Helping us overcome some of those things that hinders us from really moving forward in serving the Lord so that we can produce that, uh, that, that, that service, that progressive work of sanctification helps us be, be used by God, okay? So when you say, I want to be used by God, the first place we go to is, hey, how, how's the heart here? How, how is our righteousness? What is our standing? How, what's the quality of our life. I'm not talking about being saved for doing good things. I'm talking about exhibiting the fruits of righteousness so that we can serve God, we can honor God without fear of condemnation. Without feeling like, you know, I, I you know, I can't live up to anything like that. Did you know that God doesn't want to hear that? God doesn't want to hear that you can't serve him because you know you're 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 there's something that, that, that's making you feel, that's stopping you, making you feel guilty or something. Because that's not consistent with what God already said. God says you are not condemned. Romans 8 says there's now no condemnation to him who is in Christ Jesus. You're not condemned. But how come we still don't serve God righteously? It's because there's that condemnation. We really haven't been pruned to think those things that have happened to us are now under the blood of Jesus. We can serve Him now with confidence. We can go to the throne of grace with boldness. There's nothing we can do that, that will stop us from being used of God because we are declared righteous. And this is the work of God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more tragic than Christians being ethically good from all aspects of, of, of the, the, the outside uh, manifestation of their lives. There's no doubt that they're good people, but they're not being used of God to demonstrate His righteousness to other people. It's, 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 it's tragic. A lot of people just, you know, don't realize that God wants to use them. 
And he made sure that he places you and I in a position of righteousness, no condemnation, so we can show that righteousness to people without shame. A lot of Christians today, you know what, they tolerate ungodliness among their family and among their friends because they feel like they're just as guilty as them. Now, listen, yes, we are, but our guilt is under the blood of Jesus. We have been forgiven. We have been cleansed. The Word of God has cleansed us. He has reformed us. He has refined us. Now He's putting us in a position of righteousness to give us His authority to tell people that's wrong. You can't do that. That's wrong. You have to do this. This is right. This is the way. Walk in it. We have that authority given by God. And sometimes, you know, we just become goody-two-shoes type of people that people say, oh, you know, that's a, that's a nice guy. He's a Christian. But we're, we're not affecting anything. We're not changing anything. You know, we have a china cabinet at home. And you know what's inside our china cabinet? China porcelain. Real expensive ones given to us as wedding gifts. When we got married, what is it, 32 years ago? Beautiful. Beautiful plates. Really fine, fine china. It's been sitting on that cabinet for 32 years. I, it has not felt food on it. It has not felt spoon on it. It hasn't felt water on it. It has never been used. You know what it's used for? To display its beauty. But it never benefited anybody because no one has ever eaten off of it, including the two of us. <laughs> That's what unused people of God look like. Decorations. Decorations. Nothing more. They look nice. They fit the role. They look expensive. But people have never tasted the quality of their life. They have never heard from us that say, don't do that. It's wrong. You know, we have the authority to do that because we have been placed in a righteous position. Not to judge people, you don't ever judge people because the moment you judge people, God is going to remind you how despicable you were before you've been refined, reformed, and made righteous. Amen? So it's not about judging people. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. But enough already. If you've been following Jesus for any length of time, trust me, you have gone through the reform, reformation of the heart. You have re been refined by His Word. And if you're not, you're moving too slow. You've already been made righteous. You have the authority to say to the devil, you have no room in my life. I have not reserved a guest room for you. You are now out of this house. We're not gonna you're not going to remain in this life. You're done. The Bible says you're done, you're done. God wants us to stand for those righteousness. And we're not trying to be holier or better than anybody, amen. We're just simply saying we want to honor the Lord. And if it means telling you don't go there, we're not saying it to harm you or to judge you. We're saying it because the name of the Lord is at stake. And you can offend me, but if you offend the name of the Lord, there's hell to pay. That's what this is all about. Is there boldness in our life to live for God? That's the question of being humbly righteous. Okay? 
The reason for God reforming and refining us is to make us righteous so that we can be used by Him freely and unrestricted by sin and other hindrances. It is a progressive work of the Holy Spirit that reforms, refines a person for righteousness so we can be used by God free of condemnation. Romans 6, 6 and 7 says this, For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. That's what Scripture says. And it's a beautiful verse, by the way. It's not meant to condemn anybody. I hope you don't feel condemned when Scriptures like that is read. It's because God is determined to make sure you and I are reflections of that righteousness. No, no, we, we, we're not sinlessly perfect yet. I know many of you. All right? The only time I don't sin is when I sleep. Okay? Because 24 hours is a long time not to do anything wrong. So what do I do? I sleep 20 hours a day. We died to sin, raised in righteousness for God's use. Reformation leads to refinement, leads to righteousness. Then finally, this abiding presence leads to a hopeful reward. We will receive a reward for abiding in Christ. Look at this, verses 7 and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There is a reward that awaits those who abide in Christ. The reward is hope. That's the reward. The reward is hope. Hope that doesn't disappoint. Hope that is sure. Hope that will not fail. Hope that will not fade. Hope that will abide. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What does he mean by that? Very simply, abiding in Christ's words gives us hope. The hope that we will never miss the will of God. That's our hope. That we will no longer ask God for anything that is inconsistent with, this, with His will. You know, a lot of people get tripped up when they read this thing. Because they think, oh, you know, God, you know, if, as long as I abide in Jesus, I, I, I can ask anything that I want, and God says He'll give it to me. You know, this is not speaking of giving us anything in the material or temporal sense. Scripture doesn't speak of temporal things. Did you know that? The Word of God is the eternal Word of God. Every time you see a promise, it has a bearing in eternity. That's why we live in New Testament, in a better covenant. Our covenant is not the same as the Old Testament covenant. The Old Covenant is about granting them land and property and material wealth. If you read the Old Testament, that's what God promised the nation. If they abide in Him, they will be blessed. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. He will give provisions. He will give increase. He will give those blessings. 
listen, loved ones, in Jesus we have a much better covenant, a covenant of hope that everything, everything that we will ever need to live a godly life in the gap, we will succeed in living it. Because our heritage is spiritual. It's in heaven. Ephesians 1 says, we have been richly blessed in the heavenlies in Christ. What does that mean? It means that everything that happens here in this world, every promise that God gives us in Christ Jesus are designed for eternity. It's not designed for the temporary. It doesn't mean God doesn't bless us in a temporal way here on earth. It doesn't mean that God doesn't prosper us here on earth. But the overwhelming motivation of every promise in Jesus is spiritual. Don't get too far ahead when it comes to that. Don't be wishing for things and hoping for things that God will nurture it in the temporal. If it's not connected to eternity, if our mindset is focused on the temporal, you can have all the temporal blessings you want. You will never, ever, ever take anything with you to heaven that is temporal. Only your soul and the soul of somebody else. And you've heard that. So don't get tripped up with certain promises. The promise is for spiritual. It's limited to the things that we desire for the glory of God. What is temporal will never last. Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Not treasures on earth will moss and rust will destroy. But lay up for yourselves eternal treasure. That's the hope you have. That's the hope I have. And that's the reward that we have. You know, in this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble. No kidding. We will have trouble here in this world. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The grave cannot keep me, and it will never be able to keep you. When you die, you will rise again. And when you rise again, that old body will be glorified just like my body. And you'll never have a need for anything again when you get into my presence. And you know what? Until then, hope on that, okay? Hope in what is eternal because that's the reward giving us a mindset that is focused on the things that are going on. You know, with the current climate in our world today, with the unrest, the uncertainty, instability in every places, with this pandemic surging on, a lot of political instability going on in our country. The control of power is, is, uh, is at hand. People have so much anxieties. Don't you? I mean, even, even anyone that I know, that I talk to, you know, you see a, a, a sense of anxiety. But if you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Jesus, for those who abide in Christ, there is the reward. The reward of abiding in Christ is this. You have never and ever, ever will be giving in to fear. There's always hope that God will take care of business. No calamity, no tragedy, no pandemic can take away that hope. Sure, we still get nervous, right? We don't know what the next day will bring. Sure, it's normal to be nervous. It's normal to be anxious sometimes. But don't take it too far. When you have the hope of eternity in you, these things are all temporal, okay? All temporal. Uh, uh, you know, I, I go to the same, I've been going to the same dentist, okay, for years and years and years, okay? And I have her take care of my cavities, okay? 
I really, do. I mean, I've known this. I, I already know that I needed to take care of my cavity, and she's the person to do it because she always done a great job, okay? But I still get nervous every time I go. I already know the result. The result is to give me relief of the pain, to give me all the things that I need so that I can chew my food better. That's the goal. But every time I try to visit my dentist, I still get anxious. You know, that's normal anxiety. But you know what? I know for a fact that when I leave that dental office, I know for a fact where I'm going. I'm going to eat the steak that I ordered. That's what it means to have the hope of eternity. That's the reward. It's something you and I cannot lose because we abide in Christ. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. Maybe you're hitting a wall right now in your life. Maybe there are some issues that you're facing. Maybe there's some pain you're experiencing. Don't just think of anything that will give, cause you to lose hope. Always remember that God is still pruning. God is still working in your life, okay? And loved ones, that is a good thing. 